Good morning, and welcome to today's Sunday School lesson. In today's lesson, Paul comes to the heart of the gospel and the heart of his letter to the Christians in Coloss. Paul is going to tell us why Jesus is great and why we must follow him and serve him. Let us pray. Gracious and eternal Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this hour. We thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We ask, Father, that you open up our hearts, our minds, and our souls so that you may pour into us what you would have us to know and we can share with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of today's lesson is The Supremacy of Jesus Christ, and it's taken from the printed text of Colossians, first chapter, and we're going to focus on verses 15 through 20. The aim for change. By the end of this lesson, we will understand Paul's description of Jesus Christ's supremacy, express feelings of, amaz of amazement at the supremacy of Jesus Christ, and describe to others the awe-inspiring preeminence of Christ for bringing reconciliation. Keep in mind, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Colossians 1st chapter, verse 19, King James Version. As a background, a heretical or false teaching movement had started in Colossus. Before any real damage could be done, Epaphras reported to Paul the errors that were circulating among the congregation. Epaphras, under Paul's direction, was the founder of the church in Colossus. However, Paul was in prison at the time, probably somewhere in Rome. Paul responded by sending Titus with the epistle letter to the Colossians. Paul wrote the epistle to crush the false teaching that had risen, had arisen. The identity of the heretics was not clear. It could have been members in the congregation pretending to be Christians or non-members from the outside, like the Judaizers, who attempted to invalidate Paul's teaching. The Colossian heretics may also have been native Jews not members of the Colossian church who added fancy ideas to Epaphras teaching and fought to win members of their own particular, of their particular beliefs. Through this brief but powerful writing, Paul completely took care of the erroneous idea. The theme of the letter focuses on Christ's superiority. The false teachers in Coloss were attempting to reduce the significance of Christ's authority and work. Paul therefore set forth his case about Christ and his and his elevated position. Focal verses for today are taken again from Colossians first chapter verse 15 through 20 and I will read them in their entirety. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, and he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him 
should all, all fullness dwell. Verse 20, and, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. As we focus on our verses today, we're going to go through verse 15 and 16 first. In verse 15 and 16, there are many interpretations about what it means for Jesus to be the firstborn of all creation. Some falsely take Paul to mean that Jesus is the first created being. Of course, firstborn can have this meaning. However, firstborn is also used in the scriptures to refer to being supreme over something. This is the point Paul is making in verse 15. Christ is supreme over all creation. Paul is distinguishing Christ from all created things. Christ outranks all things in creation. We know that this is the right understanding because of Paul's explanation in verse 16. Christ is the firstborn of all creation because by him everything was created. Christ is supreme over all creation because he created all things. There is nothing created that Christ was not involved with in creating. Things in heaven and things on earth were created by Christ. Things visible and things invisible created by Christ. Christ is greater than angels and spiritual beings. Scholars note that these four descriptions, thrones, dominions, rulers, and authorities were Jewish terms used for various rankings of angels. Angels are created by Christ. Christ is superior to all things in every way because he created all things. Paul goes further at the end of verse 16, declaring that not only have all things been created through Christ, but all things were created for Christ. Christ is the goal of all creation. Everything exists to display Christ, Christ's glory and ultimately he will be glorified in his creation. Creation to the praise and to honor Christ. Verse 17, we subtitle this Jesus eternal sustainer. Christ is before all things. This means that he existed before creation. He existed before anything else. Christ is before all things in terms of time. He's eternal. He has no beginning because he was before everything. Not only is Christ eternal, but he holds all creation together. He keeps the cosmos from becoming chaos. Christ sustains the creation. This is an important doctrinal thought. Christ did not create the world and leave. He did not start things off and walk away. Christ is very much involved with creation. Jesus, the head of the body, verse 18. Further, Paul tells us that Jesus is head of the body. When referring to the body, Paul means the church. It is important to take a moment to define what Paul means by the term the church. Unfortunately, religion has developed a concept of the church that is not biblical. Many make the church to mean some sort of institution as if the church were a corporation and Jesus is the CEO. However, the word church in the scripture simply means an assembly of people. Particularly, the church is a group of people that are followers of Christ. Sometimes scriptures speak of the church as all followers of Jesus who, who ever lived. Sometimes the scriptures speak of the church as the followers of Jesus in a particular city where 
Christians gather. Therefore, when Paul says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church, he simply means that Jesus is in charge of our lives. He guides and governs his followers. We are not in charge. We are not the head. Jesus is the head. Christ is in charge. It is, a, it is very simple, yet it is a, an important picture. As we pointed out before, the term firstborn has a broader meaning than just first. Jesus was not the first person to raise from the dead. We see Elisha miraculously raising a child from the dead. Jesus was the first person to raise from the dead to never die again. It is the implication of the resurrection that is the, the point of Paul's, that Paul is making. Christ is supreme because of his resurrection from the dead, never to die again. Christ is preeminent in rank because of the resurrection. Notice that this is the point of the verse. In being the firstborn from the dead, that means that he might come to have first place in everything. The resurrection shows that he is supreme in all things. Earlier we noticed that Christ is supreme over creation because he created all things. Paul continues to speak about supremacy of Christ, noting that the resurrection proves that he is to have first place in everything. Christ is to have first place in our lives, in our families. Christ is to have first place in our marriages. Christ is to have first place in our jobs, our career. Christ is to have first place in our time. Christ is to have first place in our heart. Christ is to have first place in worship. Christ is to have first place in our love. You name it, Christ is to have first place. Christ is everything else in the creation. We must also be first, he must also be first in our lives. In verse 19 and 20, Jesus the divine and the reconciler. In Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. The simple point is that Jesus is divine. Everything makes God, God dwell in Jesus. Jesus is God. The full nature of God is in Christ. Christ is the full embodiment of God. Paul has spent all of this time praising the greatness of Jesus. The greatness and supremacy has a tangible benefit to us. Jesus has the right authority and power to reconcile. Everything is reconciled to him. For there is a reconciliation that means that something has gone wrong. We do not need to reconcile with one another unless something has gone wrong. Something has gone terribly wrong. Sin in the world and sin has changed everything. Sin has changed the creation. Sin has changed the relationship God has with us. We cannot have a relationship with God because of our sins. We have made the relationship go bad. Our sins have severed our relationship with God. Remember what we have learned. Christ is the head. Christ is the ruler. He is in charge of all creation and rules over all creation. Christ is to be first place in everything. Christ is to be first in our lives. But this is not what happened. Christ has, has uh, not been first. Therefore, we have severed our relationship with God. Christ has made peace between us and God through his blood shed on the cross. Paul is going to explore this throughout this chapter as we examine further in our future lessons. Christ is supreme and has used his supremacy to make peace between us and God. 
We deserve God's wrath for our sins, but Christ has made it peace through his death. So in conclusion, when you know Jesus, then you know God. When you see Jesus, you have seen the invisible God. If you do not know Jesus, then you do not know God. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, then you don't have a relationship with God. Jesus is the head and first place in everything. Jesus must have first place in everything in your life. He created you and he must be first. We come to God through Jesus who reconciled us. Jesus is great because he made peace between us and God. Jesus brings us near God. Jesus made a relationship with God possible. This concludes today's lesson. Thank you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for being supreme in our life. We thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus, who reconciled so that we may have a relationship with you. And Father, we know through this lesson, if we don't have a relationship with Christ, we don't have a relationship with you. We ask that you allow us to take this lesson and share with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.